Normal broadcasting has been discontinued. Coming to you from Portland, Oregon. The sports business capital of North America. Keep your radio tuned to this frequency. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Now, your host. I tell you, I've never seen anything like that guy. Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. In segment three, Christine Brennan. She's our friend, and she's USA Today's sports columnist. She's going to join us to discuss the legacy of Special Olympics founder Eunice Kennedy Shriver, the sister of President John F. Kennedy, who died this week. Shriver changed the lives of millions of disabled athletes, and we'll try to put her amazing work in the proper perspective. 3.1 million Special Olympians in 170 nations. She started this in her backyard. Really an amazing story. That's coming up in segment three. In segment four, Brandon Roy. He's the Portland Trailblazers' new $80 million man. I had a chance to sit down with Roy recently to discuss his new five-year, $80-plus million contract, as well as his future with the Trailblazers. You can hear that conversation coming up in segment four. A couple of other notes. Visit my Sports Business blog or download the SBR podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. Become our Facebook friend or follow me via Twitter. Just visit my blog at sportsbusinessradio.com and link to the Sports Business Radio Facebook and Twitter pages. I'm joined in studio by my producer, Bobby Corser. Bobby, Michael Vick has a new team, and we'll let you know which team can expect a circus atmosphere this season. Rick Pitino, wow. Credibility, reputation takes a huge hit this week. We'll talk about that and how uh, all of this may affect his marketability and his effort to recruit young players. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell renders his decision on Cleveland Browns wide receiver Dante Stallworth. We'll talk about that. And the PGA Championships underway. Tiger Woods trying to win his first major of 2009. And if that's not enough, it was Madden holiday on Friday. Madden 2010 version is out. We'll talk about the economic impact of the Madden game. You're listening to Sports. Business Radio will be right back. This is Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. I know many of our listeners dream of a job in the sports industry but don't know where to begin. To me, it's an easy call. Go where sports business education got its start, at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. As the first business school in the country to offer undergraduate and graduate programs, Themed around this multi-billion dollar industry, the Warsaw Center offers a unique blend and strong general business training, sports business curriculum taught by industry experts, and rich out-of-classroom experiences, including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. With a strong industry and alumni network and a staff dedicated to accelerating your career, the Warsaw Center has a proven track record of placing students in teams, league offices, corporate sponsors, marketing agencies, sports media, and sports shoe and apparel firms. But like any elite team, there's only a few spots on the roster. To learn more, visit sportsbusinessradio.com for a link to the center's website. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center. Passion, integrity, and leadership in sports business education. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. It's time for this week's Sports Business Radio headline sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Visit warsawcenter.com for more information. Headline number one. Michael Vick has a new home after signing a two-year contract with the Philadelphia Eagles this week. 
The first year of the deal is for $1.6 million. There's an option for the second year at $5.2 million. This according to FoxSports.com. Bobby, this is very interesting. The Eagles were not mentioned as de- a destination for Vic. They kind of came into the chatter at the 11th hour. And it's going to be interesting for me to watch. First of all, Philadelphia, the toughest sports media market in the country, bar none. Tougher than New York. If you've been there or you live there, you know what I'm talking about. The other is, these are fans, Bobby, that once booed Santa Claus. These are tough fans. So you know there's going to be a circus surrounding Michael Vick. There's going to be protesters, uh, animal activists. This is a big, big thing that the Eagles are taking on. Any team that would have taken on Michael Vick would have taken on the circus and the sideshow. But I'm a little surprised that a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl has decided to take on Michael Vick. I would have thought maybe it'd be a team that uh, needed some box office help or was a little bit further from a Super Bowl. You know, you're right. We heard many teams this week had names have been thrown about. We know Tony Dungy had come out last you know weekend and basically said, listen, something's going to happen this week. And then we heard, you know, as we got closer to the weekend saying, hey, you know, something's going to happen relatively close. And we finally found out Thursday afternoon, he goes to Philly. Yes, you're right. They did boo Santa Claus, and they're going to boo him. They will not boo him off the field. But listen, if he helps them win games, like we've said, it might all be forgiven. So Vic can immediately take part in preseason practices, workouts, and meetings. He can play in the final two preseason games. Once the season begins, though, Vic may participate in all team activities except for games. Roger Goodell said he'd consider Vic for full reinstatement by week six, which is October 18th and 19th. Vic filed for bankruptcy protection last July, listing assets of $16 million and debts of more than $20 million. So even though he's signed a contract of $1.6 million and an option for $5.2 million next year, nowhere near the money that he owes, and, and we'll see how that all works out. But this guy just wants to get back on the field, try and prove that uh, he can do something with a second chance. But, boy, the Philadelphia Eagles, they are going to be the NFL circus this season. Our next headline, also from the NFL, Roger Goodell laid the hammer down on Cleveland Browns wide receiver Dante Stallworth this week. He suspended him without pay for the entire 2009 season for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy and its substance abuse policy, the league said Thursday. Stallworth pleaded guilty to DUI manslaughter in Florida in connection with the March 14th crash in which he struck and killed construction worker Mario Reyes. He'll be reinstated after the Super Bowl in February 2010, the league said. In a letter to Stallworth made public Thursday, Commissioner Roger Goodell said, and I quote, I believe that further consequences are necessary in addition to the punishment handed down by the legal system. There is no question that your actions had tragic consequences to an innocent man and his family and that you have violated both the substance of abuse and personal conduct policies. Goodell continued, in that respect, you are clearly guilty of contact detrimental to the integrity of of and public confidence in the NFL. Now, Goodell said a few other things. Stallworth accepted the decision, again apologized. Look, I'm not saying what Dante Stallworth did is is uh, a good thing. It was a horrible thing. But so far, Stallworth has taken his punishment like a man. He is showing that he has remorse, which is part of the process. And, you know, we'll see. 
just like Michael Vick, Dante Stallworth is probably going to get a second chance. It's probably not going to be with the Cleveland Browns. Our next headline, the final major of the golf year. The PGA Championship is taking place this weekend in Minnesota. Tiger Woods is trying to notch his first major victory of 2009 and avoid a majorless year for the first time since 2004. A major would also give Tiger his 15th career major and help him narrow the gap on Jack Nicklaus, who has a record of 18 career major titles. Earlier this week, there were reports that Tiger Woods had been fined by the PGA Tour for his critical remarks about a rules official putting the last group on the clock at Firestone. Woods said he was not fined. Listen, Tiger Woods is the only athlete in sports who is bigger than his sport. If he wants to launch his own tour, most of the players on the PGA Tour would follow him because the sponsors and the TV networks would follow Tiger. So PGA Commissioner Tim Finchin may have thought twice about angering Tiger after Tiger's comments were well-warranted, in my opinion, Bobby. This is not a battle that the PGA Tour wants to fight. I know there's rules, and, you know, if Tiger was doing drugs or, you know, threw a club at a fan or something, I understand, but... This is not something you want to do battle with Tiger over, I don't think. No, you definitely do not bite the hand that's feeding you. And listen, as we've discussed on this show a lot, you don't have Tiger on the weekend or you don't have Tiger in your tournament, TV numbers don't exist for you. And if you're going to sit there and find Tiger and, you know, kind of poke him around, don't do it. There's no reason to. And, yes, listen, he has a right to be critical. He is a competitor. And when he has well, a pod- he stuck up for Padre exactly. Harrington, who he said might have hit a different chip instead of into the water if he hadn't been put on the clock. So he was trying to say, look, if I'm going to win this thing, I want to win with the guy having some time to take concentration and, and take a good shot instead of having a rules official put him on the clock. No, it's ridiculous. He wants it to be fair. He wants the guy to be at his best when he's playing him. It's, listen, it's no fun going around and kicking somebody's teeth in all day long. You want a challenge. This is a little battle to keep your eye on. Tiger Woods against Tim Fincham in the PGA Tour. Remember I told you about that. Our next headline. Golf and rugby are one step closer to becoming Olympic sports as the IOC executive board on Thursday morning recommended them for inclusion in the 2016 Summer Games. A final decision will not be made until the full IOC assembly meets in Copenhagen in October but both sides sound confident that they will be going for the gold in 2016. So because of golf and rugby getting in, five contenders that didn't make the second round, baseball, softball, squash, karate, and roller sports. Bobby, I know you're disappointed about that. They're going to have to wait another four years before making a pitch to get into the games. A lot of people upset about baseball. Uh, Look, it's America's pastime. It is a global game. I'm not sure why it was taken out in the first place, but I'll tell you this. If I had my choice between baseball and golf, I'd much rather see golf. Golf is such an international sport, and I think with Tiger Woods competing against Sergio Garcia and you know some of the other international flavor, I think golf could be a real interesting addition to the Olympics. Our last headline of the week, EA Sports released Madden NFL 10 on Friday. And in all likelihood, the game will once again find itself near the top of the video game charts and will be a revenue bonanza. Experts expect between 5 million to 6 million units sold. The franchise to date, Bobby, has sold more than 75 million units with more than $2 billion in lifetime revenue. This is going to be an interesting year because this is the first year since Madden NFL was launched 
that John Madden's nowhere to be seen. He's not on TV. So his presence isn't really anywhere. But gamers have become so accustomed to Madden Holiday and to waiting for the release of this game. I don't think they really care if Madden's doing NFL games on NBC or Fox or wherever. No, as long as his name's on the box and it's his package and is going forward, you know, year to year, it won't matter if he's on TV or not. Everybody knows who John Madden is. Everybody realizes what a quality video game this is. And listen, I might take a day off, so please don't call me in the office tomorrow if, uh, you know, magically I don't show up. Well, and the funny thing is, is he's an Oakland Raiders Hall of Fame coach. He led the Raiders to a Super Bowl, but there's a whole generation of people that didn't even know he was a coach and they only know him as the namesake for one of the most successful video games of all time. All right, coming up in our next segment, Christine Brennan from USA Today. We're going to discuss the amazing legacy of Eunice Kennedy Shriver, the founder of Special Olympics. Shriver passed away this week at the age of 88. Three million people, Special Olympians on the planet, 170 countries. She started this in her backyard, and it's really an amazing legacy. We have a lot of negative stories in sports. This is one of the positive ones. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. My guest is Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Let's go back to the year 2000. The year before you bought the Mavericks, they were 40 and 42. Fan interest was pretty lukewarm. When you bought this team, what did you see in this team? What was the potential that you saw to get them to where they are today? Probably none. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. I think the reason why we have a BCS-type system in Division 1A and elsewhere we have playoffs is that the schools in Division 1A feel that the regular season is the most important aspect of football. Read the Sports Business blog and listen to SBR On Demand at sportsbusinessradio.com. See, I think that's the big thing. Sports Business Radio, Saturday. <laughs> Or online at sportsbusinessradio.com. This is Sports Business Radio. My guest is Christine Brennan. She's a columnist with USA Today. She's a good friend of the show. We've had her on many times before. Christine, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio this week. Oh, Brian, it's great to be with you again. Thanks for having me. So the sports world lost a real shining light uh, this past week and and. You know, you wrote a terrific column a few years ago about her, and you knew her a little bit. Eunice Kennedy Shriver, who was actually the founder of Special Olympics. And there's over 3 million Special Olympians across the world, 170 countries. A lot of people probably don't even know that Eunice Kennedy Shriver started Special Olympics. Tell us a little bit more about Eunice Kennedy Shriver and your relationship with her. Brian, you know, it's funny, and I'm sure you're right. You know, here's this famous daughter of privilege, uh, one of the Kennedy uh, children, um, you know, obviously the sister of uh, the president, John Kennedy, and, and Senator Robert Kennedy and Senator Ted Kennedy, and, and of course, Maria Shriver's mother, uh, the First Lady of California. And uh, what she did and how I got to know her uh, here in D.C., as I worked at the Washington Post, I got invited to their home a few times, and I kind of was, was a little surprised I was getting these invitations. And it was during the time when Arnold was the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, their son-in-law, was the um, in charge of the uh, President's Council on Physical Fitness during the first Bush uh, Bush One administration. 
But it was, um, anyway, it was, it, it was delightful to get to know her and her ability to just take charge and wanting to run through a brick wall and seeing an issue and not sitting still. That was Eunice Kennedy Shriver, who died just the other day at age 88. On her 85th birthday, actually, Maria and I were talking at a uh, awards dinner in L.A. in Beverly Hills, and she mentioned her mom's birthday, and I then she encouraged me to write about her, and I did. And, you know, I wrote that, you know, one of the world's most influential sportswomen, Brian, has never won an Olympic gold medal or Wimbledon title or LPGA tournament, never any record-shattering performances. Uh, although I said, although she did kick around a soccer ball with children in a suburban Washington backyard the other day, you know, and she was telling them if she could stand the, the summer temperatures 80 degrees, they certainly could. And, yeah. of course, they listened to her because she was the 85-year-old at that point, and she was the one who started Special Olympics and opened up, because one of her sisters, the Kennedy sister, had a, a mental disability, uh, as many people know, and she just didn't want, um, whether it was her sister or others, to be shut away or put in institutions she knew that you could touch a person's life and change their life. As she said to me in my column, it still appears, actually, you can find it through my website or on uh, my Facebook page. Um, Christine Brennan, of course, is, is the way to find that. Uh, you know, if you don't have an idea that materializes and changes a person lo- person's life, said Eunice Shriver, then what have you got? You really don't have much of anything. You have talk, you have research, you have phone calls, you have meetings, but you don't, change, you don't have change in the community. And she called them our friends, the uh, Special Olympians. They provide an enormous gift to the community when they know they can do something well. When their light shines, our light shines. Uh, the greatest testimony to the life of Eunice Shriver is that all of her children, her sons and Maria, all have taken up that, that feeling, that torch, so to speak, and have started their own organizations or help either with the Special Olympics or other things. Uh, Tim Shriver, who runs the Special Olympics now, said, the worst thing in our house when we were kids was to be caught sitting on the sofa watching TV when the sun was up. Our mom would say, get up, get going, you're needed, get out there. Uh, I adored Eunice Kennedy Shriver, and uh, I think the world was a far better place, Brian, because she lived her life and gave so much back. Uh, as someone who was given so much, she uh, also gave so much back. You know, you she started the organization in 1968, and back then... Uh, Special Olympians didn't really have a place to go to compete. They weren't really, there was just no venue for them. And she gave them that venue. And to see now that there's over 3 million Special Olympians around the world, wow. I mean, you look across, you look at Billie Jean King, you look at all these other people and their impact. Like you said in your column, Eunice Kennedy Shriver's got to be up there with those people. Oh, yeah. And I I quoted at the time, again, three years ago, and to talk about how classy the Shrivers are, the column appeared in July of 06. By that afternoon, I had received a call on my cell phone from Maria Shriver thanking me and an email from Tim Shriver thanking me. I mean, not that, uh, they, I mean, that people do that, but, I mean, they're busy people, they're high-profile people, and they, that meant so much. I mean, that, you can't say enough about the Shrivers and how sad they're, they're lost this week, of course, losing their mom. And, but, but one of the women I quote in the piece was a, a 52-year-old then, uh, happened to be born with an intellectual disability, uh, but she also could run really well. And she said, this is a woman named Loretta Claiborne, who I quoted in the piece, Brian. She said, I always thought nobody wanted us. Nobody wanted the retards. Hard to hear that name, isn't it? Yeah, but it is. Nobody wanted the retards, she said. Then, when I was a teenager, Mrs. Shriver shook my hand. Later on, I met her again, and she said, I'm going to come and see you run, young lady. And she did. 
And uh, this was when, uh, back in the 70s, this, this young woman, uh, uh, Claiborne, Loretta Claiborne, uh, was having behavioral troubles, and a counselor got her involved in Special Olympics. And she made it to the National Games in California in the 70s, but failed to qualify for the finals when another girl cut across her lane in the sprint. So kind of, you know, unfortunate. And she was upset, and she and her coach were walking across the field when they came upon Eunice Shriver, who stopped and shook her hand. And uh, that's when Loretta said to me for this column, here was Mrs. Shriver saying hello to me. My mother was on welfare and never could have paid for this if it wasn't free. And Mrs. Shriver was saying hello to me. Um, isn't, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing you read that. I, I wrote that three years ago, and then eight years later, Mrs. Shriver came and watched uh, Loretta Claiborne run. And uh, they struck up a friendship. They stayed in touch. And I believe Loretta Claiborne uh, actually went to the White House with, yes, yeah, she was. She was one of the Special Olympians who went to the White House um, on the occasion of Eunice Shriver's 85th birthday. The George W. Bush invited the Shrivers over for this dinner in honor of Mrs. Shriver for three years ago. And who was there but this wonderful Special Olympian who was touched by Eunice Shriver years earlier, Loretta Claiborne, went to the White House, sat there, and she said, you know, there she is, sitting at the president's table, as Maria Shriver said, all of these Special Olympians and her mother at the White House. I mean, what a uh, kind of an amazing story, isn't it? It's an amazing legacy she's going to leave, and it sounds like uh, Tim Shriver, one of her sons, is going to continue to chair Special Olympics and carry on uh, his mother's legacy. Is that correct? That's correct. Tim has been doing that for the last few years, Mrs. Shriver, while she is literally the kind of person who would run through a brick wall, uh, one of the great go-getters, one of the great enthusiastic, energy-driven uh, people on earth. I don't. I, I, she'd be in my top five of just completely energized, loving life individuals, Mrs. Shriver, who I who I did get to know, as I said, fairly well, and and uh, saw her around a little bit too around town. So I mean, uh, certainly was uh, friendly with her, and so honored. Oh my God, Brian, so honored. I, I, I can't tell you what an honor for me to be telling you these stories and to say that Mrs. Shriver, that I knew her, was at their home, invited by her there several times to be there with others and with her family. I, I mean, how lucky am I? But uh, Tim, Mrs. Shriver's been slowing down the last few years, and Tim has been running the organization, was running it in 06 when I did the column. I forget how uh, much before 06 he, he's run it. But Special Olympics will, will continue to thrive and grow under the tutelage of Tim Shriver and the Shriver family. And and it's um, it's really an amazing thing. And again, you think of the Kennedys, you think of John Kennedy, Eunice Shriver, Kennedy, Kennedy Shriver. You know, the people of privilege, the Hyannisport, the money, uh, maybe some of the controversy, some of the sadness, the tragedies. And yet, here's this unbelievable, uplifting story. And I'm so glad, even in a sad moment, the woman, you know, Mrs. Shriver's death, the sadness of of losing her. There's this wonderful renewal with those people like myself and so many others who knew her who get a chance to tell stories about her. We're joined by Christine Brennan. She's a sports columnist for USA Today. You can read her online at christinebrennan.com. Christine, uh, from an amazing legacy to a story that I think turned a lot of people's stomachs, including mine this week, Rick Pitino, the head coach at the University of Louisville, this is like a lifetime movie event. I mean, it has so many layers to it. But the bottom line for me is here's a coach who is held in high regards. Here's a coach who is supposedly a leader for young men and a person who's asking his players to make good decisions. He didn't make a good decision. And how do 
parents, when he sits down in their living room to recruit these kids in the future, how do they take him seriously? I, I think that's a great question. Uh, I think it's the question to be asking. I know, you know, a lot of people say, oh, gosh, he's a human being. He made a mistake. And, and yeah, and, and you know, I, uh, you know, not, what he did was not illegal, apparently, although let's hope for his sake there's no more shoes to drop here. You know, I hope this is the last of it. There's a lot of really strange things that happen, including the marriage um, uh, with the ciphers, uh, of course, Rick's, uh, Rick Pitino's longtime equipment manager married this woman. I, I mean, I, you, some of this stuff is just weird, and you wonder if there's more, and, and you hope for everyone's sake there isn't, but who knows. But how does Rick Pitino ever go into a recruit's home? And I realize a lot of it's AAU coaches and high school coaches now, but uh, how does he go into a recruit's home or even the metaphorical recruit's home? Look the player's mother in the eye and tell her with a straight face that he'll watch over her son's education and moral well-being. That's how I started my column in today's USA Today. And and how does he walk onto the stage to give one of his you know patented motivational speeches without being laughed right off that stage? Um, I think that's gonna really his business is you know how would anyone hire him to tell them about how to live life and be a role model? And you know here's this deeply religious Catholic husband and father of five who often brings along a priest on the road trips for his, the Louisville men's basketball uh, team. Um, and yet here he is, this man who is admitted to having consensual sex back in 03 with a woman who is not his wife after an evening you know, at a Louisville restaurant, and then he gives her $3,000 to pay for, either pay for an abortion, what that's the police say that Patina told them, or to pay for her health insurance when she said she was going to have an abortion. Um, I don't know. I'm not Catholic. Um, again, this is all you know allowed under the law. I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm a pro-choice person myself. But are, are Catholics, you know, uh, happy about this? Uh, is there controversy in, at Louisville? If he'd been at Notre Dame, would he have been fired? I think the answer is yes. Um, is there more trouble coming for him? I don't know. Um, I also know this: John Calipari, as you well know, Brian, is coming to Kentucky, and you know the decision by the AD and the president at Louisville at least is in part because they don't want to go against Kentucky without Rick Pitino. So let's be honest here about why uh, decisions are being made. Uh, but I would ask, is Rick Pitino the same man that we've always known him to be, this religious Catholic person? Um, and how does Rick Pitino live with himself, and why doesn't he punish himself the way he would have punished a player for doing the same thing? Yeah, I guess the bigger question here, Christine, is so many times in the last few years we've been disappointed by athletes, coaches, celebrities, and it seems like if you can produce titles, if you can generate revenue, there's a place for you, no matter what you've done in your personal life. And, you know, I guess it's kind of a sad statement for where we are. We've seen players use performance-enhancing drugs. I mean, it now looks like, on a very different level, the Boston Red Sox, who won the 2004 World Series, uh, David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez, two of their key players, were probably using performance-enhancing drugs at that time. But the Boston Red Sox fans and the hierarchy of the Red Sox, do they really care because they got their title, they generated a lot of revenue, and I just think it's a sad statement when it seems like owners and universities are turning the other cheek if they have a guy who's going to, again, bring them titles or generate revenue. Yeah. Oh, I think, um, you know, you wonder what kids think and you wonder, you know, for parents and aunts and uncles and everyone how, how you even try to navigate these waters sometimes with these role models. But you're right. I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of fallen uh, stars, a lot of athletes falling from grace, a lot of co- coaches, excuse me. And uh, I think it's just, 
you know, you also f- try to focus on the good and the positive. I mean, here we had a wonderful conversation about Eunice Kennedy right. Shriver. Uh, you know, there is good still. There's a lot of good in sports. But Rick Pitino, um, I think he'll keep his job. Uh, should he keep his job? I don't know. I, you know, I, I would, again, leave it in the capable hands of Rick Pitino to determine his own punishment, suspension or, or uh, quitting. Um, it sounds like he won't, but he should or at least look at that and decide what to do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's troublesome, and it's it's a tough time, and you think of children looking at these people, and hopefully parents or their coaches or other role models can tell them about anti-role models and anti-heroes. And I'm afraid to say now Rick Pitino is among that uh, ever-growing group of uh, athletes who dis- and coaches who disappoint us. And, uh, you know, it's not good. Human beings, it happens. I understand that. But Rick Pitino is also leading 18- to 22-year-old men. And he's supposed to be a, a coach and a teacher and an educator as well. And, you know, I think, I think there's some very significant issues there, and they'll be, we'll be discussing them, I think, for a long time. No, I think you're right. Christine, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I know you've had a very busy week. Christine Brennan, you can read her online at christinebrennan.com or at usatoday.com. Read her sports column in USA Today. Christine, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Brian, thanks for having me. You take care. Thank, thank you. you very much. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm looking for a place to have dinner with family, friends, or business associates, there's only one restaurant on my list. Morton's The Steakhouse, the best steak anywhere. In its 28th year in business, Morton serves only the finest quality foods, featuring USDA prime-age beef, fresh seafood, hand-picked produce, and decadent desserts prepared to perfection. Not to mention the award-winning wine list. When my destination is Morton's, the best is always on the menu. And they treat me like a VIP during every visit, whether in the dining room or the private boardrooms. With almost 75 restaurants conveniently located around the world, Morton's is the gold standard when it comes to steakhouses. To find the Morton's nearest you or to make a reservation, go online to mortons.com. Morton's, the best steak anywhere and the official steakhouse of Sports Business Radio. One-on-one with those making the big-time decisions that impact your sport. This is Sports Sense on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. Brandon Roy, the face of the Portland Trailblazers franchise, has become an all-star in the NBA, is the newest member of the Maximum Contract Club. He's the $80 million man. I recently had a chance to sit down with Brandon after signing his new contract. For the last three years, you've pretty much been the face of this franchise. Now you know you're going to be here for the foreseeable future. Maybe just talk a little bit about the responsibility of being the face of the franchise, not just on the court, but with the sponsors and in the community, and and you seem so fit for that role. Yeah, I mean, it it is a lot of responsibility. And, um, you know, I always go back to, you know, the draft day when when, uh, Zach was traded. And, you know, I was was in shock. I was like, wow, you know, Zach's traded. I'm like, well, who are we going to bring in and replace 20 and 10? And, uh, you know, I'm talking to Coach Nate, and he said, nobody. (laughs) He said, you know, it's you and LaMarcus. And uh, I was like, wow, that's a, that's a lot of pressure. But he said, no, don't take it that way. And he said, you know, you're going to have you know, good coaches around you, organization who wants to win, and, and we're going to bring the players in that you guys need to be successful. So, you know, I, 
approach this the same way. You know, I'm continuing to be the same player I am on and off the court. But it's not about me. You know, the only reason why I'm in this position is because of the teammates I've had and the, the coaches and the coaching I've had. So I'm going to continue to put that pressure on them to, to, to help make us better. So I don't, I don't look at it like, hey, I got to do everything. It's, 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 hey, we have to continue to do everything. You've been involved in the community now that you know you're going to be here for a while. Do you have any plans in the community? Are you going to do bigger things in the community here? Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's a number of things that, that I've been doing, you know, a lot up in, in Seattle because that's kind of my home, and I knew I would always be there where, where now I want to move that down to, to Portland. So I want to be, you know, very involved. I mean, there's a number of things I've been involved with around here, but I want to be even more involved with my foundation. You know, hopefully I can do it, you know, like a Northwest thing because, you know, I think this, this community has embraced me so much that, you know, I feel like I'm just as much as part of their family as they are a part of mine. So, you know, I've kind of taken that, that Seattle home to make it, it, like the Northwest, my home. So there's there's a number of things I hope hopefully I can accomplish out in the community and and hopefully give these kids some resources that that I was able to get to to, to be even more successful. Heard you talk during the press conference about your role during the negotiations, and you're someone who, when you're on the basketball court, you always play under control. How hard was it to not be in control during the negotiations and to sit back and kind of let your agent and the Blazers management work things out? Yeah, that was that was actually the, the biggest thing because not only on the floor am I in control, I'm I'm always looking to to be a team guy, and uh, you know, in negotiations, you know, my agents like, you know, you, you know, you're not being selfish, but you have to you have to look out for for your family, and uh, that was that was hard for me because you know I'm, I'm sitting back and you know I don't want people to think, hey, Brandon Roy's a selfish guy because because that's not me at all. You know, I think my agent's biggest thing was he just he just wanted me to to to, to get what I deserve and to be happy with it, and uh, I wanted to be happy with it, but I want the organization to be happy with me, so. Uh, you know, it was tough, you know, sitting back and, and you know, my agent calling me and, you know, it, it was, a, it was a, a hard process. But, um, you know, I do know the organization did everything they could to, to get this done, and I'm happy that it is finished with. But, uh, again, I'm a team guy. I'm a we guy, so it was hard to go through a process where I'm worried about myself. Last time you were on the show a few years ago, we talked about the people that you have surrounding you. You went from a college student to someone who had a few million dollars in your pocket. Now you're at even bigger tax bracket. <laughs> What do you do as far as, um, I assume you have people around you. I mean, we're a business show, so that's why I ask okay, these questions. Yeah. You have people around you who, because, you know, you know how, you've heard all the tales of yeah. the athletes who are living paycheck to paycheck, who blow their money. You're planning for the future. I assume you've got a beautiful family. You're taking care of people now. You know you've got security for a long time, right? Yes. I mean, you know, my biggest thing, even when I came into the league, you know, I have a, a lot of mentors. And, you know, even they wouldn't like me to, to mention their names, but, you know, they, they've done a great job of, of making sure when I came into the league from day one that, that I was saving my money so that if I even didn't get a second contract, my family would be taken care of. So now that I I've, have I've an even bigger deal, I'm happy about it. But but again, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be responsible. I'm I'm kind of a a laid-back guy. You know, I, I want my family to be able to have things, but again, you know, I want my kids to to work for 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 all their all their gifts because that's what really makes you happy. So, you know, financially I'm going to, you know, continue to just be, you know, grounded and and, and be solid and and take care of my money because it is important. So, you've seen this team grow over the last three years you've been a big part of that you got to the playoffs last year you lost in the first round what does this team need to do to win a championship you know we have to I think first individually we have to all improve I think uh, I have to get better and then I think of course the Marcus and Greg have to improve because you know I think us three are the leaders of this team and you know with that 
You know, we need guys like Andre Miller. You know, I think he was a huge signing. We need uh, Steve Blake to, to push Andre just as hard as Andre's going to push Blake. And again, we have great battles with uh, Greg and Joel. You know, I think they're going to push each other. And then Martel and, and uh, Nicholas Batum. And then again, I think Rudy Fernandez is a, is an amazing player. So we have the players. We have the pieces. We just have to want it. You have to want it. I mean, after playing those best, those top teams like the Spurs and the Lakers, the difference between those teams and us is just how bad they want it and how bad everybody on the roster wants it. So um, I think it's going to be important that me, Greg, and LaMarcus, you know, we, we bleed that onto the guys and say, look, this is what we want, and we're not selling for less. And I, and I think that we're preparing ourselves to do that. Last question. The schedule just came out. I'm sure you, like most players, there's a few games on the schedule that you circle and pen and you say, I can't wait for that game. What are the two to three games that you circled on your schedule this year? I think, um, of, of course, you have the, the, the Lakers matchup. I think that's that's always a, a big one. You know, we hope to to extend that rivalry. I think they look at it now as we beat them in their build in in, in our building. But uh, we we want to extend that rivalry. We want to show them that we are a, a true threat. You know, to them in the Western Conference. And then, um, you know, of course, you know the LeBron James in Cleveland, and, and now adding Shaq, I think is a, a big game. And, and then you also got like. Boston, who, who's reloaded, and they're during a championship run. So, so for me, honestly, it's Lakers, Boston, Cleveland, Spurs, you know, all those top teams who are fighting for a championship. We feel like we want to put ourselves in that category. Brandon, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. From one basketball story to another this week. For an in-depth analysis of the week's PR nightmare, Sports Business Radio presents Caught in the Crosslights. Well, we've had a lot of PR nightmares on this show over the last five and a half years. This is one of the worst. Rick Pitino, one of the most highly respected coaches in college basketball, is in a ton of hot water. Uh, The University of Louisville is standing behind him. You know the story, and I won't even bear repeating it, but... Rick Pitino's reputation is severely tarnished this week. This is a secret that he's been living with for six years. It sounds like the University of Louisville has known about it. Police and lawyers have known about it. And let's look at Rick Pitino for a moment. He appears in TV ads for Rally's Hamburgers. Uh, He does things with Checkers Drive-In. He's been in vitamin water commercials. He gets lots of money for speaking engagements and motivational speeches. He's written books. This is someone who, uh, like a Pat Riley, is held in very high esteem and who makes a lot of money outside of just coaching basketball. And now his credibility is almost beyond repair. Bobby Corser, our producer, you know, when Rick Pitino, as we just talked with Christine Brennan, goes into the living room of a recruit and sits down with the parents and says, trust me with your child for the next four years, and then tells that recruit, I expect you to make good decisions. It comes across as hypocritical. I don't know how anyone can take him seriously after what's happened. No, it's a double standard, and you're right. Nobody can take him seriously because, you know, while this did happen a ways ago, and that happens, you know, people make mistakes, something this big, though, just not go away, and you can't cover it. This is the worst part, Bobby, to me, is that, again, and we've said this a zillion times on this show, the cover-up is worse than the crime, okay? They've covered this up for a long time. I will almost bet you that there are going to be other shoes that drop in this story. We're going to find out that the University of Louisville has known about this and 
Maybe they've paid the woman to keep quiet. There's some other things that have probably happened. I don't want to over-speculate, but this isn't something that just crops up all of a sudden six years later. Now, we do know the woman's tried to extort uh, Coach Patino for $10 million. But, again, look, I've been around a lot of college coaches. And in the heat of the battle with recruiting, they will go to all extremes to win a blue-chip recruit. And you know that the coaches that are going against Coach Patino for recruiting those players, they're going to pull this out of their hat. And they're going to say, really? You're going to trust your kid going to play for that guy? Really? And they'd never admit to doing it, but you know they're going to do it. And at the end of the day, how many parents, how many kids are going to go play for this guy? But the ultimate blame here, I think, goes to two parties. One is Rick Patino because he should have come clean on this a long time ago. Number two is the University of Louisville, who, like many universities, many pro sports organizations, they enable those who can make money for them and bring them titles. And like Christine Brennan said, now that Coach Cal is at Kentucky, the last thing that Louisville wants to do is bring in a new coach and be the the second dog in, or the second fiddle in, in the state of Kentucky to Coach Cal. I mean, the split right now is about 60-40, 60% Louisville, 40% Kentucky when it comes to basketball in the state of Kentucky. If Patino leaves, they're starting over. They're having to rebrand. But we'll see. I think this story is far from done, and it is a nightmare for Coach Patino and a nightmare for the University of Louisville. All right, we've got one more segment coming up on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Who is going to play in the free concert to kick off the NFL's season? I'll tell you. Coming up next, you're listening to Sports Business Radio. It's been a long week. I've got a slow This is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. We live in an age where everything is on the record. What we say anywhere, whether it's in an elevator, in an email, or during a conversation with a reporter, is now being broadcast instantaneously on YouTube, in a blog, or through the mass media. It's easier than ever to spot someone who has been traditionally media trained and is just giving you that same old boring PR speak. I want to help you navigate the tricky media landscape. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form Evergreen Media Training. Evergreen Media Training assists individuals and groups by offering unique preparation and training catered to your specific needs. From explaining today's media environment to providing you with post-training, monitoring, and feedback, we'll guide you every step of the way. With nearly 40 years of combined experience working with some of the biggest names in the sports industry, we'll help you communicate your messages honestly, thoughtfully, and from the heart. For an overview and a list of services, visit evergreenmediatraining.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. The Black Eyed Peas and Tim McGraw, there's a combination. They're going to jumpstart the Steelers season with a free concert at Point State Park on Thursday, September 10th. That's prior to the Titans-Steelers game at Heinz Field. The concert will be simulcast on NBC and the NFL Net. That's at 8 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And our last story of the week The New Jersey Nets are giving fans who purchase a 10-game ticket package for the upcoming season five reversible jerseys featuring a Nets player on one side and a star from another team on the other side. The jerseys of Cavaliers forward LeBron James, 
Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, Kevin Garnett, and Dwayne Wade will be given away as part of the promotion. The ticket package, which begins at $350, also includes a four-week subscription to the New York Post. Interesting, Bobby, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, listen, newspapers are dying, as we talked about, but I've never heard of a pro team marketing another team's star player. That is kind of strange. Well, and the last thing of the week, I don't know if you saw this while we're at it, $599. JetBlue is running a promotion where you can buy $599 gets you as many flights as you can fly on JetBlue. The key is you've got to fly during a one-month period, September 8th to October 8th. But, wow, I mean, I wonder if other airlines will go to this kind of a model because it really does give people, I think, the incentive to fly. The problem is you pretty much have to have no job, and you've got to have a place to stay when you go to all these different cities, or you've got to have deep pockets for a hotel. Not, you know, there are plenty of people without a job, so that won't be a problem. But, yeah, you are right. You have to have the money to pay for you know, the other parts of travel. But we'll watch that and see if the other airlines uh, follow JetBlue's lead. All right, a lot of thank yous on our show. Brandon Roy and Christine Brennan, our show staff. Nathan Roach, Bobby Corser, Josh Blank, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. Our sponsors, the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon, Morton's The Steakhouse, and Evergreen Media Training. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast every week. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com and click on the podcast page. We're on iTunes. Look under podcasts and search Sports Business Radio. You can follow me via Twitter, SB Radio. I'm out next week, so Nathan Roach and Bobby Corser will host Sports Business Radio. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you in two weeks. You've been listening to Sports Business Radio. Greg Oden of the Portland Trailblazers supports the Ronald McDonald Houses. I'm a big fan of the houses, happy to help them make a difference. He helps because he believes every hospitalized child should be near their family in tough times. And everyone can support this home away from home. When you purchase a McCafe Espresso drink or premium roast coffee, McDonald's donates a portion of proceeds to Ronald McDonald House charities in Oregon and Southwest Washington. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. A little change can make a big difference. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. When people come to a Suns game, what kind of an experience do you want it to be for them? We want them to be entertained from the time they walk in to the time they leave. The co-owner of the Sacramento Kings, Gavin Maloof. Gavin, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Brian. How are you? Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. Sports Business Radio. That's why you're a smart business person. (laughs) Or at sportsbusinessradio.com.